as you know, this is Measure of an Episode, blah, blah, blah. Hey, so we were watching Enterprise Season 2, Episode 23, Regeneration, and I realized that my good buddy Adam Harrington is actually in the episode. So I thought, wouldn't it be cool if we could interview him? Uh, and that's exactly what happened. That's what you're listening to right now. So it's pretty cool. He was very nice to do it. He gives us some insight as to what it was like acting in the episode itself and also acting in general. And, uh, you know, it was a good it was a good chat. It's a little bonus episode for you. Uh, hope you enjoy it. Let us know what you think. Okay, bye. In terms of auditioning, like for as an actor, by the way, you're an actor still. I'm yes, assuming, I am. Right? I am. Yes, I am. That's I'm great to hear. Still trying. I mean, whatever I'm business glad. is left, but yeah. So I, I was wondering if you could tell me a little bit about auditioning. Uh, like for me, as a, like I work in the business, I'm a composer, mm-hmm. and we audition for things. It's just an entirely different process. Um, and, uh, you know, th- there's no comparison. I'm sure there's really no established procedure for you either in terms of, of, of auditioning for projects in L.A. There are so many rumors of just terrible stories about auditioning. Like you walk into a room and there are 12 guys who look exactly like you, yeah. you know practicing the same lines i mean like is there is that is all that true you know like is it is it just as bad as everybody says it is in terms of auditioning in la yeah i mean yeah la is so speak of my time in la which was a long time and like things have changed so much in the last few years so like because so much is on tape now and it's just a different it's it's a different world but Yeah. yeah like certainly for tv shows and definitely like for commercials, which I still do, but used to audition for all the time in LA. I mean, that, that is literally an actually like it's, it's a cattle call and that you just have to, you you have to completely take away the whole, like, Oh, I didn't get the part because they didn't like me or I'm not good. Or I did a bad job. Because if you, if you hold on, if you attach anything to that, or if you attach yourself to that, then you will, you, that is, that is one way you will not survive the business. Because like, I mean, whatever, I'm, I will be the millionth person ever to say this, but like, you know, the odds of getting a job are so low, but so you just have to know that ahead of time. So, and I'll, so when you, and it's set up that way, when you walk into a room and you see, yes, sometimes five or six people sitting there who might look like, or at least your same age or whatever, like it's a, it is like a, but, but if you, I guess it's like a, you just get used to the idea and once you it's just becomes part of the the whole profession or it's part of the whole thing is auditioning and knowing that like there's a 98% chance you're not getting that job 99% job is chance you know what i mean i, I can imagine that assigning any value to any audition is very dangerous. It's very dangerous. Because, right. Like, because you, you as you said, it, it's, it's very unlikely that you'll get the job just statistically and not yeah. because of anything that you may do or not do in the audition. Uh-huh. Right. It's just a matter of, did you wear a red shirt and they were looking at red shirts that That's day it. and that seemed to hit right. Yeah, totally. And especially with commercial, I mean, commercials literally like you can't, it's has it almost has nothing to do with you. It's just, so that's one thing. And if you can't get over that, then you don't belong. You don't belong in it. It's just like, right. It's a numbers thing and whatever, but it is harder with other projects sometimes, especially if it's something that you like, if it's a bigger part and you do work really, you some auditions you have to spend a lot of time on. And if you really like, I could, it, when you know, like my talents, my look, my whole deal totally match up with this. And you know it, like you almost put right. yourself as the cast. I'm like, I know I could do this. 
(laughs) Like I could, and there's some jobs you're like, I mean, I don't know. I don't even know if I'd cast myself in it, but I'm going to do my best. And it's more for like the next job, but there are those times where I'm like, Oh God. And you love the project. You're still a human being. And it is like, Oh, but those are, that's like where you just have to, it's like, okay. I mean, you just, the only thing you can control is like how well you prepare. I mean, that's the, the, the only time you, you, I, at this point I'll get disappointed or, or an actor sh- perhaps should be disappointed is if you go in and you really blow it because you just didn't, and you're like, I didn't even fucking prepare. And then that's just, that's just not professional, right? That's just not like, that's not smart. Do you <laughs> still have bad days? And I mean, I mean, bad days in a measurable sense from the outside, right? Where you, you prepared, you were, you know, you ate breakfast, you got, got a good night's sleep, but you went in and you felt like I just didn't hit it. Right. And like, do you, cause you're a seasoned auditioner, a seasoned actor at this point. Right. So does that happen for you? I mean, I know that everybody thinks that they have bad experiences, but in terms of it actually outwardly, like, you know, that, that something was messed up, but it was just a matter of it, you know, just because yes. it was a Tuesday. Yeah. 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 That, that totally happens. And actually it happens. I feel like it's happened more, Maybe it's more like memory, like in my recent in New York, since I've been here, I am auditioning. I have auditioned for more theater than I did in L.A., obviously. And there are some theater jobs and even some musical theater, which where you really have to prepare. It's just so much. There's a lot to prepare. There's actually more more to work on. Right. And there's so there's more opportunity to just kind of like not be on it because in a TV thing, even if it's like a sizable part, you're doing like a couple scenes. You know what I mean? And it's just it, sure. like if you, as long as you prepare and you do it, you go in, you're like, no, I mean, I did it, I did it. But with, some, with theater, there is more. There's like more judge to it, where you actually literally in the audition, you're standing farther away from people. It's not a tape, so you have to use your voice more in your body. And in those instances, and then when singing. It's a whole different deal. And if your voice sounds shitty that day. So I think with theater auditions and particularly singing, I've had those more often than, than any other one where it's like, Oh, I just, I didn't like the way my voice sounded. I didn't have the right energy. I don't know if I, so I'm a musician, but I, I can't sing. I just don't really have a good voice. And so I've always wondered like in terms of like, cause whenever I've heard you sing, it's always, every time is fantastic. Right. Oh, well, look I'm at sure you. That, well, yeah, I know. Well, can you see course. blushing in a podcast? <laughs> just do an animation but i like i know that inside like every every artist has this where you like oh that sucked that that sounded terrible but in terms of like how does that just mechanically how do you sound good one day and not good the other day because i wonder that actually with musicians with like you know who, who aren't using their voice but like i'm sure musicians who play an instrument whether it be piano probably have that too or like i just wasn't on it they must right do you mean do you mean real musicians? Right? Exactly. Yeah. Musicians yeah, yeah. who are actually okay. playing an instrument, but yeah. not using their voice because with me, it's just because your voice is like part of like, maybe it's just my, cause I only, I mean, I can play as Zach knows. I mean, I play drums, but <laughs> no, but, but I only, uh, cause it's so tied to like your body and like how you, even professional singers who are like really on their game, your voice just isn't, you don't have it. Or it's like, you're not fully on it. I think actually major professional singers, which I mean, I sing, but I am not, I am not taking voice lessons all the time. And I'm by no, I don't put myself in that. I think that they have got to the point where even if they're not feeling great, they can still friggin' hit it because they're pros. But I just like, for me, because I'm not there, there have been times I'm like rehearsing and I have a voice lesson for an audition 
And then whether it be nerves or whatever that morning, I'm like, ah, I just, I'm singing it. It just didn't, I didn't like get it. And it's, I think that really comes as far as singing. I'm kind of realizing this as I say it, just from like lack of like true training, because it literally actually is the muscle in your throat. So if you're not in, in your, in your like diaphragm, if it's not fully trained where it's secondhand, then you are, I'm a little bit more at the beck and call of like just my God given talent. Do you know what I mean? I, I, I'm not relying on like the craft where like an opera singer or really can be like, all right, I feel a little shitty today, but I can right. still know what to do with my, you, you haven't, yeah, you haven't had a uh, technique ingrained in you on how to prepare. Not, for not soul. enough, yeah. not as much. Right. As, and the thing is like, I, I auditioned for musicals sparingly here. I've done some and it's because I, but it's mostly because like I, I can I'm an actor who can sing and, and a lot of shows actually really value that, you know, because there are some people who are amazing singers who are maybe not as good as actors. So for a certain projects, my skill set does kind of match. It's like, Oh, he can totally sing. He's not like musical theater, Johnny, but he can sing. Right. And that's what we right. want for this. Somebody who acts, who actually can sing pretty well too. You know what I mean? It's actually funny. I was a little anecdote. Like I, when I came out here in New York, I got agents in 2012 and I got them because of my, like my te- television credits. Cause I had more TV credits than a lot of, I signed with a pretty good agent and there were agents who had like, were mostly like musical theater, theater, Broadway. Right. But they signed me because like, oh, you have a lot of TV credits and we want to build our TV department, whatever. And I, so I was going out for TV stuff, book some stuff. And then I went to, it was about like six, seven months after being with them. And in my first interview, I said, or when I met with them, yeah, I can sing. And they're like, yeah, I can. But I wasn't really going out for musicals. I went to this uh, opening night uh, gala or no opening night party of a musical called Hands on a Hard Body. That mm-hmm. lasted for a very short period of time that Trey Anastasio did the music too. little side note. But, um, so I went to the after party. It was with Adrian. You remember Adrian? You remember her? Yes. Yeah. So she's like big in the theater community. I went with her. This was years ago. And my agents were there and they had at the party, a live band karaoke. They had a band. It was at the, mm, at the, uh, I love that. That's it was, rad. It was amazing. It was at the bird, it was Birdland and, and right in Broadway, like this amazing venue with the stage. And I went up and I signed up for Sweet Child of Mine and I sang and I fucking like I just I put on a whole show and like, you know, I did the karaoke. It was fun. I did the whole thing. And my agents were there and I got off the stage and they were like, um, what? We're having a meeting tomorrow. (laughs) Hello. (laughs) And really from then on, I started auditioning for musicals and they uh, I I, like booked the next musical that they had. This was like six years ago. so. So why did it not occur to you to be doing that before Sweet Child of Mine? Like doing what though? Auditioning for musicals. Why did it? I think it's because though that's a good question. I think I was, I probably was, was clearly not adamant enough or didn't have the confidence in myself enough. When I met with them, I was like, I, I did say to them, I sang, but I didn't have all these credits. I was like, I do sing, but because they didn't see me as this musical theater guy coming from LA, they were like, Oh, okay. Okay. But, um, they then literally saw me sing and were like, Oh, Oh yeah, you can sing. So it was, and it was like a way better audition for that than actually singing in a room. You to sing sort of a, it's sort of like one of those serendipitous. Yeah, moments, it was cool. Right? It was actually really yeah. one of those ran, rare kind of cool. I felt, yeah, it was fun. So in the reverse of that, mm-hmm. is there a role that you didn't get or almost got came, came very close to getting, or maybe even turned down that 
unbeknownst to you at the time, turned into like a Jesse Plinkman from Breaking Bad or something like that, uh, or you would, you know, that kind of thing. Gladiator from. Uh, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I was up for Jerry Maguire, believe it. No. Um, <laughs> wow. I would say. Though. No, actually, I do actually have the answer for this because I was weirdly enough. I think this. I was like somebody was talking. Oh, I know who. My girlfriend's daughter, who is a big Office fan. I auditioned for the pilot of that. And that was in the days where I was auditioning for a lot of pilots back in 2004. No, it was April 2004. It was like pilot season 2004. And I auditioned for the role of Jim. And oh. I, yeah, and like I knew that was, I didn't know it was going to be as big as it was, but I knew the British show and it was produced. That show was produced by the same people who did, remember my brother did that show Coupling? Yes. You remember yes. that? And that was like, yes. And that show like was, had so much buzz and he was on billboards and then it got so panned so unfairly too. It just got like crushed. It was like, it's, yeah. it's actually like in, it honestly is in like kind of television when they talk about things of like, it, it was, it was weird how like weirdly panned. Cause it wasn't terrible at all. It was like, they said it was yeah. too sexual. And then it was like, meanwhile, a year later, all these shows came on that were like so racy, but yeah. Anyways, same producers did that. So I, that was our reason why I think I got the audition, even though I had like good agents, but they knew Jay and they're like, Oh, this is Jay's brother. And I, I went in and I auditioned. Uh, Kevin Nealon was in right before me. He was auditioning for Michael first, Mike Scott. Cause he right. came, he came out of the room with like a banjo. He had like a guitar or something. And, uh, and, and then Mark Marin was there in the waiting room with me. I remember I knew who he had, it was well before his podcast, but he was already, right. I was like, Oh, that's Mark Merritt. And he right. like, I just so remember talking, he was like nerve, had this very nervous energy. And he's like, so what, 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 what do you audition a lot for this stuff? He was like talking to me <laughs> and he was like, so what, 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 what do you, what do you audition for? What part? And it was like, he, I remember being like, that's so funny. He's like, seems so nervous. And anyways, I went in, I auditioned for Jim and I, and I'm not at all. It was one audition. I didn't get like close to it. No, but it's like, you know, Jim. So. That was close. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I had the audition, but that was, uh, that would have been, you know what I mean? That would have been awesome, dude. <laughs> My life would have been very different. And it's funny, like, because then, that, and then that, that started the, well, no, it probably started like a two or three years later when The Office became so popular is every casting notice for everything, for every person that I would go out for and people like me or just white guys in their 20s for like years in LA was, you know, like a uh, John Krasinski type. <laughs> it was always, you know, <laughs> oh, like uh, for every voiceover, for every commercial. I don't know, just kind of like, you know, like you're not doing anything. You're just kind of like, just John Krasinski. You know what I mean? Just like a John Krasinski <laughs> type. <laughs> it's like that paper cut that will never heal. Yes. Right? Yeah. Like that you just keep dumping lemon juice in. Yeah, yeah. Once in a while. Yeah. And, John, and then he's also, he's like exactly... We're the same age, and he also grew up in Newton, which is the town next to Wellesley, where I grew up. It was like, yeah, John Krasinski, but and he gets to marry Emily. Just kidding. Um, it's all good. Well, he's a much better singer than you. He's a better, and he's a better person. He did that he's good, better, news, much better person. Good news broadcast. I love John Krasinski. Right, I think right. he's doing great. Yeah. Well, he's Jack Ryan. Now. He is Jack. Jack Ryan. It's Jack Ryan. Remember Jack? Jack remember? Ryan. Remember Jack Bauer? How much did uh, we love Twenty Four? Oh my oh, God. God, we loved it. Not only did we love it, we had t-shirts made. T-shirts. Like, there were t-shirts made and there were parties. Parties that were, like, not just parties where it would be on in the background. Not that kind of party. No, no, no. A party that if you spoke, if you spoke, 
during any of the of the actual show they would yeah. get paused yeah. like like passive aggressively paused and rewound yeah yeah right? yeah, yeah to to punish you and to to call you out i feel like yeah and I, I, I have memories of like chelsea saying something and zach being like chelsea stop talking <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. I remember that Zach obviously was a super fan. He was, you know, before internet boards were invented, he was on the 24 internet boards. He was, somehow. wasn't he? How did he and, do that? Yeah. And he, and he would, and he still does this to this day is he finds obsessions to watch, right? right. And he'll watch them over and over and over again. Yeah. And he would rewatch episodes throughout the week <laughs> leading up to the next episode. Right. <laughs> Oh I God. remember. I remember Bob. Bob would tease him by highlighting an episode and hitting the delete button, and you know it would come up. Are you sure you want to delete this? And they would just look at Zach. Like, <laughs> dare me. <laughs> dare me. <laughs> so okay, okay. So you knew this moment was coming, and so let, we should we should just rip the bandaid off. Yeah, let's Are you that. a Star Trek fan? I am. Not. There's no right no, answer. No, you know what I will tell you is that oh, there's my phone. Um, I never have watched one episode of any television Star Trek. <laughs> perfect. <laughs> I'm just. Perfect. I'm going to be authentic with you and with your listeners. But I will say that I do, and then I never really. Hold on. I think I did watch. I think I did watch as a kid the Star Trek where they go to San Francisco. Oh yeah. That one is when I re- yes I remember that one. That's probably the most most watched by civilians. Yeah, because it's like say. they're they're on Earth, so it's like oh I can watch. And I remember, but, but I will all of the new ones. I I watch. I've seen every one of them. Well, how, how are the third three, three right? Yes, and I them. and I love them. They're uh, they're awesome. Like I love those movies. So they do a great job with those movies. Yeah. So yes. I like I that's that's the type of fan I am because I I just I also have like definitely one of my man crushes is uh like i love oh my god i forgot his name <laughs> the dude <laughs> yeah i know who you're talking about. what's his name why um, why are we forgetting him? he's one of the chris chris pine. yeah chris pine i just like, okay, everything yeah. i just i think he's good he's trying he's good it's like i'm yeah. watching him yeah he's got one of those things where i i, I kind of feel this way about harrison ford and maybe tom hanks just these guys who you're watching them and you're not thinking, God, what a what a fantastic actor. Yeah. You're thinking like, I just like this guy. Yeah, yeah. I want to hang out with this he's guy. He's got it. Right? He's got the deal. Yeah. Whatever that thing is. Yeah, he's exactly. got it. No, he's good. He's great. <laughs> and those movies are just so good. So that's that is uh full disclosure, that is the right. type of Star Trek fan that I am. Yeah. So you so when you okay, so you at some point realized that you were auditioning for a role on a Star Trek show. Yes. Did you, you obviously you had probably heard of Star Trek. (laughs) Yes. 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 I had heard of Star Trek. Yes. (laughs) Stop me. You know, am I going too fast? I had heard of Star Trek. Did you, I mean, was this something that you looked at and you were like, I don't want to do something like this is hokey. You know, I don't understand it. Or (laughs) what what was going through your head? When or what happened? Like, what did you accidentally like walk into? You know, you were looking for the bathroom. And were like, hey. <laughs> no, what happened was it was. I'm really good with years. I actually remember years really well. I don't know if you knew that about Superbar. So I, I didn't even re go back and like look this up again. But this was in, I think it was 2003. So I was, you know, I was a young whippersnapper. I was, but no, I it was an audition. I just I was auditioning for TV, and it was like the 
it was a friggin' job. I had f- how many lines? I have four. I had four lines. It yeah. was a four yeah. line part on Star Trek, and of course, like it was an audition. I got it, and I'm like psyched. That was it. There was no, right. and but yeah, like I also knew. Do you? Did we talk about it when I like? Yeah, I think what happened was I had heard that you were on it yeah. probably from Zach. Right. And yeah. I think you guys, I think we all sat down and watched at le- like at least the part that you were in. Sure. Right. Uh-huh. And so I think that that it was kind of a big deal. I, I mean, I don't know if it was the, if it had, if it was the biggest job you had landed at that point. It was, not. I mean, I was still yet, like, it was probably like the third or fourth TV thing I had done. So it was, it was early and it was, yeah, it was, yeah, yeah I was still, yeah, it was a TV, it was a job. I was like, I'm on TV. And do you remember who was in the room in terms of, was it the showrunner? Was it the, in terms of the audition? Uh, I don't, you know, I don't remember, but like back then for that type of thing, I even, I mean, I remember auditioning for things where I had like one or two line and people, everybody used to be in the room. That's not the case at all anymore. So I, oh, I would just bet that like, the producer of that episode, um, uh, the showrunner most likely, or, but definitely like there was always like at least two producers in the room or three. So I don't know if you knew this about me. I'm kind of a Star Trek nerd. There is a, a very big curiosity cause I grew up with it and it's, it's sort of been a part of my life in terms of like my comfort food TV show type of thing. Right. You know, it's just like, I grew up with it. So I, it's kind of ingrained in me as like, I can throw this on and I immediately like it. Right. Even even if it's a bad episode, I'm like, I'm sitting at home right now. So that's just a little bit of context for you in terms of the ridiculous questions I'm about to ask you. Yep. So so as a Star Trek fan, I always wonder because it is such a big name, it's a humongous franchise, one of the longest franchises. I think Doctor Who has it beat, but not by much. Right. Yep. And so uh, in terms of like the longest running franchises ever. So. Because of that, was there anything extra outside of what your normal experience was auditioning or even just being on a show that because it was Star Trek, they had taken extra provisions to do this and that, or like you had to sign an NDA or you couldn't, you know, they had to, you know, fingerprint you, like that kind of stuff. Like, is there anything about it that was extra? So Um, besides the anal probe, when they walked in, (laughs) should I talk about that? Listen, it was like a, an alien. No, um, I don't, I mean, again, it was 17 years ago, but I'm going to say there wasn't anything special. I don't like, it wasn't, you know, when you audition for like a JJ Abrams, like all that stuff I feel like is exists for everything now. Like you audition for a taco. I mean, I sign NDAs for voiceover things. Like it's a fucking Honda commercial (laughs) NDA. Like what, what, why is what's happening? Like, honestly, you have to throw in an NDA. Like, who am I telling and who gives a, who cares? But I, and so you, I I don't, you would think he would have with Star Trek because of the fan deal. But I feel like maybe it was a little bit before that, like where everything with the internet was insane, maybe like where they, things weren't leaking as much. So I don't remember that, but cause that's, that was a thing that came later. That was always the case with like internet shit. But I do, I I will, well, sorry, I I don't want to like jump ahead. I'll just answer the questions. But as far as the audition or going into it, no, I don't remember that. The show that you were on was basically the last Star Trek show before the big reboot, right? With JJ Abrams. And so I think Star Trek had been in a decline. Yeah. This was Scott Bakula one. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. If it ever did, it probably wouldn't have on Enterprise, which was the show that you were on, yep. it, it, because it was it just it was like I don't think it got. It was on the UPN, wasn't it? 
I know the yeah. UPN. Remember that? You a lot of people doubt. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It was totally it was the UPN, which then became part of the CW. But like, but like the WB, at least they got the W. I was always like, what did the UP, UPN got none of it? It's like we're it should have been the WP. Yeah. Anyways, yeah, the the CW. Well, has there ever been? Has there ever been? Like three letters that ever have gotten more scrutiny and, and just lambasting. <laughs> no, like, UP. I remember, like, I was always bummed when I like you turn on UPN. It's like the color was different. It was like, ah, oh, fuck. It's like it's they were broadcasting UPN. from a VHS that yes. was recorded on EP mode. Yes, right? yes. It was basically Weird Al's UHF station, but like not <laughs> as funny. Well, okay, so you got the part. I'm assuming it wasn't a back and forth 19 times like we sometimes hear about. No, right? I'm no, assuming no. you 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 nailed it. Nailed they called it. you, and you're like, there yeah. might have been a callback because think, but there because they would do callbacks more back then, even for small parts. And sometimes you're like, really, you're calling me? They don't, but I, I don't remember. I just remember back then there was back then. It's cool to say back right. then. I'm at the age I, I know, to say crazy, back really? then. But it was, it, <laughs> but like on it, like the whole TV auditioning thing is just literally. I mean, it's completely different. It's not even, it's completely different, but, uh, yeah, but no, it was not a back. So you got to set and they gave you a costume. Yep. That was Yeah. But it was cool though. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. So all the sets on Star Trek always look very good, yep. I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say they look like movie amazing or anything like that, but they look like a star. Like it's like you look at it you're like, that's a Star Trek set. Yep. And so were you like, I don't know how much you had, you you were expecting when you showed up no but, but like was it were you ex- surprised yeah so i will this is what so i'm glad you asked paul um because <laughs> no like first of all i knew what star trek was and i knew that like i had the wherewithal to know no i knew like a lot of people were really into it obviously like there's like yes, whole yes. universe of fans and i remember just being on the set and being in a costume and seeing like a borg and being like there's so many people who would be so psyched to be here. And like, I almost felt guilty, but yet because I'm like, it, this didn't make me like, it didn't like make me go crazy, but I, it was, it was super cool. I mean, it's cool to be on any set. It always, it still is. It's like exciting. Yeah. You see like yeah. a fucking set and you like how the soundstage is made and it's just, it's still magical yeah. in some way. And that one was very cool because they had the fake snow and I was on an actual, like the coolest thing was the automatic door, you know, the, the and seeing how yeah. they did it. And, and I was, so my set was like what it was, which was just like this little, what, like pod or something. Right. And, but, but I, but in, in the same soundstage was part of the enterprise. Um, oh, cool. so part of like a dock that, and so I actually, that's what it was. The door, I got to walk through, like they kind of did it for me. I was like, wait, this is what, and it was like, you know, it's done by, I think it is done automatically when they're shooting, uh, I think, but it's, uh, there, it's basically like, people pull it right but i do pretty much and that's when they showed but i I think so yeah but it was like still very cool and like i walked on the thing and that's when i was like oh my god there's so many fucking people sorry i keep swearing i don't know why i'm excited (laughs) there's so many people who would be psyched and like maybe maybe jerking off a little or at least just getting a (laughs) semi um but i still thought it was cool like i did it was cool like I, i recognized the importance of it in the snow part, it was very like Disney World. You know, it was very real because outside it was the fake snow. Right. I'm like, oh, this is cool, right. man. It all looks yeah. real. Yeah. <laughs> it was it your job. You, like you have a job to deliver the information that was there. Like, I, like because that, didn't that scene lead to somebody getting killed? Or did I get killed? I think it's implied that you are. Yes, you it was had implied that death. yes, that I got killed. A terrible death. death. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You probably had the most important 
four lines of the episode. Did I? Because yes, because go ahead. Not necessarily because of the content, but because when you have when your lines are truly just for exposition, uh-huh. you you have to yes. get them right every single yes. time. Yes, right. Like you can't if you mess up, then you're just the the guy who messed up the four lines. Hundred percent. Right? In like. I've, I've done a lot of those in my career, especially early on of like, in, in some way, you know, you have two, three, four lines and in some ways, in a lot of ways, it's, it can be more difficult than where you have like a whole scene or two scenes. It really is because there's like pressure. Like I, at least in those, that little time that you're working, it's, you just can't fuck it up because it's, it's just so unprofessional because you're, you're important to get to another part. You know what I mean? Right. So like if you hold up and everybody like they look at the scene they're like all right this is a quarter of a page we're going to do this and like it'll take turn to move the camera this is an hour and a half two hours and if you're messing it up then it's like holy who is this it's person more time. yeah exactly. and then it's like so it's you have to just if you're messing it up or not doing it right or whatever it's like that's not part of the program so you just have to do it whereas if you have a bigger part as a guest star and you have a few days there is way more of like oh they know you and you're treated a little bit there is like a pecking order like this is the you know, higher talent so you can like have a scene where you're like sorry guys let me take that again the difference is you will you make the gag reel or are you just the asshole yes right? exactly kind of very well put <laughs> the four-line you- guy is not taking the gag reel <laughs> He's making the we're not hiring this guy ever again. <laughs> yeah. um, are you good at remembering lines? Yeah, I am good at that. Yeah. W- was that something you had to hone or? I mean, or- I guess kind of. I think it's more just like repetition if you just do it a lot. But I don't know. I also feel some people are just, I think some people are better at it than others. And I don't really have a. I can't really say that there's like a technique other than, you know, you say it a lot and you just got to get to the part of like, (laughs) but I, I, I do have with certain things. Yeah. I have a pretty good memory with that. I just do. It is a skill that an actor like should have. There are some people who are better at it than others. And then a particular, then I've worked with like older actors more, more so in theater and plays. And they all say they all say the same thing, and it just makes sense. Where they get like they get frustrated with themselves. She was like, "Man, it's just not as easy as it used to to memorize lines," which is just you know, and you're like, "Oh yeah, right. that's right, getting older." Because yeah. like, yeah, I just used to be able. Because at that point, then it becomes a thing you probably have to practice more. I think they just they're like, when I was younger, I could just do it, and now I'm like, oh fuck, that's so interesting. I would think it would go the other way. It I doesn't. Would think you'd be. I just have heard it a good amount from like older people, like when I've done plays with older actors who are like seasoned, you know, people who have been actors. I don't know, with a certain age, it's just, and not every, but it, it where it's yeah. like, I just, it's like they still do it and they get it. And by, t- by the time they have to get it, they're, they're nailing it. It's like during the rehearsal process, though, it's just more like, okay. I need to do that right. again. Like I just, I That's have to. so interesting. Yeah. If you're doing a longer scene in, in TV or film and definitely in theater where there are just longer scenes, but like in TV and film, it's even more so because yes, you're doing a take, like you have to pick it up and like, it comes most in handy with auditioning. And if you're auditioning a lot, which would be, you know, which is ideal. And people who are like, have all this stuff. My brother, Jay, who is, you know, a working actor and works all the time. He's also really good and quick at learning lines and it's like especially when you're on a tv show and you get stuff and they change it it's like that is when it comes most in handy and with like uh i just had an audition two days ago i had to put on tape and i had like a day and it was like 
three pages, but I am like, I can look at it and know the first page in like three minutes, just very quickly. It's like, I can just, I know it. And, uh, and like, once you get that, like, yeah, because, but if the first page is really only about four lines, but if for, I guess it's just kind of, you just get used to it. I don't know. So if you don't have, if that's harder for you, I think it would be harder. My point is, Paul, you can never be an actor. I'm sorry. (laughs) So... That's Trust me, the fact that I can't remember lines is the least of my problems. In terms <laughs> yeah, of right. being an that's actually, and that's it's funny because I've in in particular in theater where they do talkbacks, which happens a lot, you know, or after you come on stage and audiences ask questions, you have some of those. Mm-hmm. The, there's always that question of how do you learn your lines, and I know people, civilians, will call them. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> right. That they, but like it is actually the that is the easiest for me and i think for a lot of actors would say it's like the easiest part of acting is learning the lines i Uh think and because it's like that's just mechanical it's what you do with and all that that's like the harder to match it with an actual like human being but the memorization is kind of just like a rote thing that you just get in your body yeah from the outside it would seem that actors are notorious for not remembering their lines like that's always the joke Right. right So, I mean, the fact that you say that's sort of the easiest part uh, makes you not an actor. Yeah, that's right. I'm not. Good night, everybody. Yeah. Yeah, I regret this conversation. I know. I mean, I don't know. I think it is. But maybe it's because I'm a a theater. You know, I'm I'm theatrically trained, Paul. Right. Maybe some of the people you're talking about are just (laughs) television actors. Anywho. I'm sure you have this thing that's not Star Trek, but this thing that is, you're very close to that if you were to even just someone who was just close to it in some way, that it would be yes. fun for you to talk to them about that thing. For I don't sure. know what that thing is. Yeah, What is that thing? Uh, I should, I'm going to figure that uh, out and make a, a podcast about it. Any of my friends uh, who are in Die Hard. I'm just oh, kidding. Well, of course. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be a podcast just about actors who are in Die Hard. What is that? What thing is, no, that's Do a you good have question. a thing? Um, yeah, no. I, it would be potato chips. And <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't know if you know this, and I, I maybe I maybe step I maybe breaking some boundaries here. Go ahead. But you are you you are famous for mm-hmm. how you eat potato chips. <laughs> yes. Over a Which sink, is, yes, yes. But like by by the the palmful, yes, you know, like yes. it's not like you snack on per potato chip. No, no. I take a bunch of them, and I I I, I kind of I, I make my fingers as if I have like really like stage five arthritis and i just like i i, I grip them like one of those grips at like a carnival thing where i'm trying to get the candy yeah. or the toy right like the earth mover grip, yes exactly right? just and then i i shove it just my fingers into my mouth and i have to have my neck <laughs> craned like an ostrich over a sink so that when the debris falls it's just easier to clean right. up the point is chips um <laughs> chips hey, no, we I, all have history i don't chips. know what my thing would be but i i like yeah i don't know uh i mean saturday night live stuff is always like when you hear people talk about oh, things yeah. you're like you were on it and you hear stories of like what all that always gets me very excited or like um certain comedians if people who were in like uh, you know a, a movie with steve martin or something that would be like wait what i want to know what that's like and all that yeah 
I think that thing for me, Star Trek aside, uh, is like, I wish that I could travel back in time and just walk around on the set with everybody there of Ghostbusters. Yeah, that would be, that would be amazing. Just to sort of be part of that, I guess, energy to use that shitty word. Yeah. Like just that kind of like you were to be there for that kind of thing. That was probably just a job to them. Right, they they weren't yeah. thinking. Oh, we have we have this amazing thing. I wonder. I bet they. I don't know. I mean, you're right. I guess when you're shooting something, you're like we're just shooting something. But I feel like uh, that might have been a. Th- I remember hearing that Bill Murray saying at some point it was like around after Rushmore, but he said the only you know every movie he does, he's like he changes things and he kind of does his own thing and will like improvise and not give a shit. But he said the only movies he like never he didn't do that at all with were Ghostbusters and Rushmore. Where like he fully like wow. yeah, but I don't know. Maybe I dreamt that. I could have lied. Maybe that didn't happen. <laughs> but no, I, I just feel like when they were making that, they had to have been like, "This movie is so sick." You know that John Candy was supposed to be the uh, Rick Moranis part. No, sh- I did not know that. Yeah, and 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 he didn't do it because like that was what it was. It was like. And then something happened like last minute, where I guess a casting thing, or he was I think doing. They were looking another... for more of a John Krasinski. Yeah, yeah, it was guy. like a John. Kras- yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, there's the tag. That was a good one. <laughs> Thank you for listening. <laughs> that was good. That's what we call a button in the business. Paul. Yeah. And with that, I'm actually outside and I'm freezing now because it's New Jersey and uh, no, it's it's not. Can, can you hear the crickets in the background at all? I can hear it on like barely. I can hear like really? they pop up every once okay. in a while. So it's. It's nice. A little, it's, you know what it is? It's alien crickets. <laughs> well, no, I thought that was just you were, you were hitting your communicator over and over again. Like, think of the, like, uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It was a good talking to you, dude. Thank you for, for doing this. I know it probably was an imposition, so I, I really do appreciate you taking the time. Oh, it was fun. Nice of you. Yeah, of course. And it was good to catch up. Totally. Good to catch up. Is there, do you have anything that you want to plug that you for our five listeners? Um. <laughs> I well, I want to plug um, coronavirus. Uh, thank you for <laughs> kind of taking away any opportunity I have to perform. I was doing a, uh, I was doing this this play, this new musical that was we were doing a production actually outside of New York, nearby Princeton, place in Bucks yeah. County, and you actually would dig it because. Well, I don't know why I'm associating Star Trek with like. Do you play game? Are you kind of a gamer too? I yes, That's, a little bit. That, okay. Yeah. Because it was a, it's a musical, a new one about like video gamers. It was a really cool show, and we were doing a production. It got stopped, obviously, on March thirteenth. But the right, idea yeah. was it was gonna have like all this money behind it. Adrian directed it, is directing it. No kidding. So it's still like happening, and it was like you know possibly going back to New York and all that. But I was doing that. It was called Otherworld Musical. Is there is there anything I can watch online of you doing it? Um, is there not really? Like there is if you Google it. There is probably some like promotional videos, but. They didn't release. They okay. actually did tape the one performance we did, but it's not released right now. But anyways. Hopefully you get to reprise your role as researcher number two. Number two. Number two. Okay. I had a number long two. history of number two. I was cop number two in the movie Torque. <laughs> I was student number two in Felicity. I was reporter number two in Iron Man. And don't worry about it, number two in my life story. <laughs> yeah, I. that's going to be – I just – that'll be the name of my memoir. Number two. Number two. That's not bad. <laughs> All right, that's good. You could you could join the ranks of people who at you know a very young age write a memoir for some reason. Yeah, exactly. Like, why right? are you? I'm going to do that. Yeah. Like, why do I care? About it? That'll be called. It'll be called. 
who gives a shit about this guy? Yeah, number two. <laughs> who gives a shit about number two? Get it? The pond number two? Oh, dude, now that's, you have to do That's it. pretty good. I know, because I got to probably license it. All uh, right. Okay, uh, dude. Adam, thank you so much, man. I appreciate it. Be good.